Thank you for listening to the Diocese of Winchester podcast. These talks and reflections are designed to encourage and support our parishes and communities. To hear more, go to our website at winchester.anglican.org. Friends, it's a privilege to bring you the first of these reflections for Lent this Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday so often comes at a crucial turning point in the seasons, at that moment when we might just begin to allow ourselves to think that the worst of winter is past, but before we can really allow ourselves to think that the spring has truly started. And if Ash Wednesday has that seasonal ambiguity about it, then that's somehow appropriate because it also has a real spiritual ambiguity about it as well. T.S. Eliot in his poem itself entitled Ash Wednesday says, this is a time of tension between dying and birth. And so it is a time of tension between the death of winter and the birth of spring, a time of tension too between the death of Lent and the birth of Easter. But for all that there is tension between them, these two belong together. There is no birth in spring without the death of winter, without things dying back and lying fallow, while the earth takes in what has died, that it may spring and flower again. And there is no life in Easter without the death of Good Friday, when the earth itself did indeed take in to itself the one who had died, that he might spring forth and flower again. And what is true for Jesus is no less true for us. There is no life for us in Easter without the dying to ourselves of Lent. Ash Wednesday brings us face to face with a reality which we would much rather, but really cannot avoid. The reality of our own mortality, of our own death, the reality of our own sin. This is a time of tension between dying and birth, but only as we face our dying and our sin Can we find new birth? It's only as we die to sin that we can be born again to eternal life. Lent and Ash Wednesday in particular force us then to take a long, hard look at ourselves, to take stock of ourselves in a way that we might very well prefer not to do. They hold a mirror up to us and force us to face up to ourselves. In many ways, there are a myriad other places we would rather look than there in that mirror. And that is true of people of belief and faith, at least as much as it is of anyone else. In the story of the woman taken in adultery, we find another group of people very eager to focus on anything and on anyone other than themselves. And they too are busy doing all that in the name of their faith. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? Such words, whilst once seeming to belong to a dim and distant culture, have a shocking relevance in our day. A day in which, once again, women are being stoned for adultery. But just as soon as we start to use this passage as a stick with with which to beat ISIS or the Taliban and their ilk, we've somehow missed the point. For all that this passage is about the tendency of others to judge, as soon as we use it to judge others, we fail to let it judge us. 
as we surely should. These selfish people, as selfish people often are, are utterly blind to their own selfishness. They look at anyone and anything rather than look at themselves. But we mustn't fall into that trap ourselves. This passage holds a mirror up to us and invites us to see ourselves in it. But of course, this story is not just about our tendency to judge others. It's also about our tendency to recruit our God to our own cause and to manipulate him. The Pharisees in their own self-righteousness were seeking Jesus' endorsement for what in their minds simply had to happen. The law had been broken, so justice had to be done. So surely this rabbi would endorse their position, and if he didn't, then he would turn out to be just as suspect as they already believed him to be. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were only interested in recruiting Jesus to their cause. They were not interested in being changed by him. They were not in the business of having their own presuppositions and carefully nurtured prejudices shattered. So this story stands as a warning against the very human tendency to point the finger, a tendency um, that we are all too easily find within ourselves. Whenever we point the finger at anyone else, we have to remember that three fingers point right back at us. Only if we are without sin can we point the finger. Only if we are without sin can we cast the first stone. And of course, we're not and we can't. We're not without sin. So we have to let the stones of judgment that we know we carry fall from our hands to the ground. And we must let the finger point to ourselves and to our own guilt. And this story stands as a warning against the very human tendency to recruit God to our own cause, to make him serve our ends rather than us his. No one really knows what Jesus wrote in the sand, but of whatever he wrote, the effect was to hold a mirror up to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and to make them face up to their own selfishness and the sin to which they would much rather be blind. The law of God is not there to bolster our prejudices, as they seem to think, but to challenge our inadequacies and, in fact, to send us back to the only one who can help us in our weakness. We're not in our supposed strength and independence to call God to us to bolster our position. We are in our very weakness and dependence and sin to run to him to find the strength and support we need by giving ourselves wholly to him. Looking in the mirror on Ash Wednesday is a painful thing to do, for it reveals our selfishness, our foolishness, our weakness and our sin. But it is the only place to look, because only as we see ourselves as we truly are, will we understand the Lord as he truly is. Only as we look at the reality of our mortality, will we awaken to the joys of his eternity. Only as we face the colds of winter, will we be warmed by the springtime sun. Only as we die to ourselves in Lent and on Good Friday, will we rise to new life with Jesus at Easter. Amen. Amen.